It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Go Birds podcast presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino Elliott Shore Parks. The Eagles are just bad, man. They're a bad team. And we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about who this is on because this loss is one of those losses where you can sprinkle a lot around. Everyone had a horrendous showing. But the Eagles are not the best team in the NFC. So I think that's pretty clearly the Giants. And the Eagles are just flat out a bad team football team Elliot hello yeah not the best week for me to defend Doug Peterson on WIP yeah Doug Dougie uh Dougie P didn't back me up on that one um look there's a lot like you mentioned I really think there's a lot of blame to go around in this one uh certainly the defense the offensive line was really bad but look I don't know if this one falls completely on Doug but this one the majority of it I think falls on Doug like you come out and you fall behind 14 to 3 
to a bad Giants team. Like, yes, the Giants are the best team in the NFCs. The Eagles have played the Giants twice, and the Giants have outplayed them both times. Like, if it's not for that miracle comeback at the end of the last game, they are 0-2 against the Giants and pretty much considerably outplayed them both. I mean, they were down, what, I think 21-10 to in that game at one point, and then obviously today they fall behind 14-3, to end up losing, uh, what was the final? I blocked it out, 27-17. So they end up, you know, basically getting outplayed in both games. I Look, coming into this game, I said Doug was one and three uh, coming out of the bye week. So I did think they would come out slow. But the way they came out slow, it's like every single time people convince themselves into this team making a second half run or even just like convince themselves during the week that this is the game where they come out and get right. This is the game where it happens. It never happens. They never, ever, ever, ever come out and they're impressive right away. It just doesn't happen. I mean, that game was an immediate signal that they were not in it to win it, right? Like, they immediately go behind 14-3. to And even the field goal drive that they had, it took them 11 plays to go 58 yards. They needed a fourth down conversion. I'm pretty sure they got a penalty on that drive to help them as well. Like, it was, they were just ugly from the jump. And this is what consistently happens with this team. They fall behind early, the game looks over, and they make a comeback. And then sometimes they win, sometimes they don't. But it ends on a note of like, well, you know, there were some positives. There was no positives to take from this game. Not a, literally, literally not a single positive. And we can get into each one, uh, you know, throughout the pod. But I guess my my quick take on the main main players would be, this is on Doug for having the team come out slow and sloppy. They looked out coached. Eleven penalties. I mean, it was just bad. Eleven penalties. No no third downs. Defense looked out coached as well. This was like the Rams game. Offensive line was so bad early on that it basically impaired the whole offense from functioning. Carson Wentz, outplayed by Daniel Jones, and once again, not the reason they lost. Like, sooner or later, and Carson was not the main problem today, like, Carson has to start being the reason they win pretty, you know, soon. Like, that has to start happening consistently. So is it Carson's fault that they lost today? No. But once again, not the reason they lost. And it's just not good enough. So all around a very disastrous performance overall. And I swear... That's, there's something about the MetLife and, and and the weather there that just always makes the games there gross. Like, it just always is gross at, at, at MetLife. And that I think that's the best word to describe this game. It was just gross. Yeah, well, I, I honestly, I don't I don't know if we have a lot to talk about. I pretty much agree with everything you said there. Well, there we go. I, I, see, I think you're going right, to right, thank you for listening to another edition of the Gophers Fight. Uh, yeah, I, see, we talked draft. And yeah, all. Jamar Chase, can we get that high? Um, so look, I, I agree with everything you said, like for the most part, you know, point by point, we'll go through them in deeper, you know, a deeper dive. But I, I think hundred percent the the first, you know, head on the stake for this game is definitely Doug Peterson. I mean, for all the reasons you said it to come out like that after the bye week to come out that flat and that sloppy and that unprepared both from an execution standpoint, particularly from an execution standpoint, and also from a coaching perspective on both sides of the ball. And yes, you know, we'll get to Jim Schwartz, but that was just a complete and total failure by Doug Peterson. There, there is no other way around it. There was nothing new, nothing exciting, no big bye week self-assessment changes they seem to make. They came out, they look like the exact same team, except a bad version of that team. And, like, it was unacceptable. I mean, they had the chance to go in there today, Elliot, and take the NFCs by a stranglehold. Yeah. I mean, the, the division's over for all intents and purposes if they can find a way to win today. And they didn't. 
And they it's because they they gave the first half away. They they were completely outclassed in the first half, and that is as much on Doug Pierce as anyone. Totally agree. We'll dive into the defense point by point, but they were horrendous. Absolutely awful. Completely and totally outplayed by Daniel Jones and the Giants offense. Completely out-schemed. Couldn't do anything to stop it. Just looked like they were a, a significantly worse football team when the defense was out there. It was a really, truly disappointing performance. Coming into this game, look, we had questions about the offense. I thought Carson would be better in the second half. I thought maybe, you know, they'd get something going with Rager and Fulgham and all these guys. Fulgham, I mean, just just didn't get anything well, going I, today. We'll, we'll get to it. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, okay. But, right. but I, I like... We, we were already, you know, a little nervous about the offense, but hopeful. But the defense, we thought, but at least we could count on that a little bit. And they just completely shat the bed. Completely coming out of the bye and just looked awful on all three phases. I mean, cornerbacks. I mean, Nickel Roby Coleman is about as bad yeah. a one-year deal as I, I remember in a long time. I mean, Slay Howie got – Howie I mean, Slay got beat. Uh, you know, Maddox looked awful. I mean, they, they just got outclassed by Giants wide receivers who are good, but not not that good, man. Like, not that good. <laughs> so the defense, just a total mess. And like you said with Carson, and and we'll get into, again, specifics with each. But with Carson, I agree. I, look, I think you said it perfectly. It, it is totally not his fault they lost today. The offensive line was a, a sieve for the vast majority mm-hmm. of the game. Guys weren't getting open, but... Ultimately, at a certain point, especially in that football game as a microcosm for the macrocosm of the idea that if Car- if we want or if we believe that Carson Wentz is going to be or is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, top 10 type quarterback, whatever, then he has to be the best football player in that game and he has to find yep. a way to ra- rise above things. Now, again, Doug put him in bad positions. Things didn't work out well, but... He's got to be better. I, I totally agree with you. Let, let's go bit by bit. Let, let's dive deeper yeah. into Doug. I have a let's, question for you for Doug. All right, you yeah, well, let's let's start with Doug because I think that we both agree clearly that, you know, first and foremost, Doug, Doug, you know, in, in hockey, they do the the three stars at the end of the game. Yeah. It's just like the, the whatever the opposite of that is, Doug is the first star. So the first, you know, uh, pile of crap was Doug <laughs> from today's right. game. So, so what, Doug, let's dive deeper. Go ahead. So – what was your bigger issue with Doug? The play calling or just the overall performance of the team in the way like, you know, sloppy, came out slow, like more like ambiguous type things. Like one of those 100% the okay. latter. And and I look, I didn't think the game was called great either, but you know, look, the running game was obviously awesome. It was the only thing that was working and and I think he could have gone to it more, but it wasn't like this this massive, you know, he didn't go to yeah, it at all. Yeah, he ran it 20 times. I know, I know. He ran, he ran the ball. He could have done it a little more, I thought. But again, I thought the creativity in the passing game was was lacking that one-fourth down play to Rager early on. I thought it was a really cool play call, yeah. the fourth and one. But we didn't see a lot of that stuff and not a lot of the creative stuff that I was talking to you about on, on Saturday at WIP. Um, and also just kind of weird decision-making for play calls. You know, some of the short yardage calls, as we've seen all year, were kind of strange decision. The hurt stuff didn't work at all as it continues. I hate it. I hate I, it I so know. much. I hate it I so much. Um, so I have problems with the play calling, but but my far bigger issue with Doug today, especially because it's the thing we expect the most out of Doug in, is the rallying, getting his guys to play when it matters. Backs against the wall. Let's go take this thing. And... And they were just flat and and unprepared. And 
again, like sloppy. I mean, how yeah. many penalties did they have? It felt like it felt like double digits. It was ridiculous, man. And so I'm much more critical of Doug for for that part of the game than the play calling. But I thought he was not good in any area, so to speak. Yeah, I, and, I and obviously, real quick, that. That, talk about the two points. <laughs> one of the craziest, dumbest. I don't know what his decision is going to be, what analytics say. Look, you know, everyone knows who listens to me. I'm a big fan of analytics. I think you know, I'm all in on that stuff. I don't care what the analytics say. That was dumb. It made no sense. It's ridiculous. What are we doing here? Like, you're down a field goal. Like, some things you don't need analytics to tell you. Like, you take the extra point there. Elliot? Yeah, so... Quick analytics, very quick analytics take. Analytics are just stats. So I think it's like people are going to say, well, this is blaming analytics. And I know that's not what you're doing. This was just somebody telling him they had a better chance to win the game if they went for two. And I disagree with that. I think you just clearly kicked the point there and pulled it to within three points. I'm sure, again, I'm sure this is someone in Doug's ear saying, this right here is what you do. But Doug needs to step in and go, okay, hold on. I'm just going to kick yes. an extra point to go down. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. Right. Yeah, like, Chill like, out a little bit, all right? Saying. Right. Like, but I'm just going to kick Doug, an extra point. Like, Doug, should give him a, Doug should give him a, listen, nerd, chill out, all yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, you see my offense today? Like, I'm not doing this two-point conversion. So, um, and again, like, you could look at it and say, well, they scored two touchdowns and a field goal, and they had 17 points because they got the two-point the first time. So, like, they did still end up with 17 points, the generic 17 out of two touchdowns and a field goal. But ultimately, and ultimately, it didn't end up mattering because they never scored again. But you you kicked the extra point. Like, that's most definitely what you should have done. So I think that's a pretty indefensible decision. Uh, you know, the play calling to me, again, we, we discussed this in depth on Saturday. But, like, it is hard to tell sometimes, like, is he calling a play and it's not being run correctly? Like, I did think Carson's accuracy on a few plays really mattered. Like, on that fourth down on the fourth quarter drive where they're driving to try to uh, tie the game, um, he throws the ball really low to Miles Sanders, looked like he had space, and then he throws the ball behind Fulgham. Now, both passes hit their hands, and they should catch those, right? But, and who knows, maybe Fulgham overran the route. But I did think, like, again, it's sometimes hard to tell with the play calling whether it's just being uh, executed poorly. But the Jalen Rager play that you brought up was a perfect example of just a well a well designed play that that was also executed very well. Um in terms of running the ball, I didn't think he got away from the run. I mean, you could like I said, maybe you run it, you know, five more times, I guess, but you know, Miles Sanders 15 carries for 85 yards, Boston Scott, maybe he could have touched it a little more, 3 for 63. Uh 37 attempts by Carson. That is a lot. So yeah. Maybe he got I mean, run the ball a little more. Run the ball a little more, Doug. I mean, it was it was working nonstop. You just said those numbers: fifteen for eighty-five and three yeah. for sixty-three. When I say the numbers, it sounds worse. I mean, like they, I felt like they could have run the ball forty times that game. Like, and I know that's not the way the NFL is, but it was a close game, and the run was working. Like, if it were me, I'm pounding the football there, especially because your offensive line is just not doing a good enough job in pass protection. Like. I don't know. I, I really thought Doug could have run the ball more. Yeah. You know what? I, in retrospect, you're probably right. After starting that and then looking at the numbers, it does look like you probably could have ran a little more. Um, on the penalties, like, ultimately that does fall on Doug because he's the one that coaches the team throughout the week. I just have a hard time believing, you know, he's out. Like, he's not drilling these penalties in. Like, I'm sure no, he's coaching. No, but it's not that. It's a, it, but, but it's but still it's, on him. Yeah, it's, it's discipline. Him. It's discipline. You have yeah, to have a di- whenever we talk about a disciplined football team, that credit goes to that coach and, and vice versa. And that's just the yeah. way. We're, bottom line, Elliot, that's our thing. Yeah, bottom line pod. But but here's the other thing. Like, does this matter? Like, is, is this, if you're Jeffrey Lurie, I'm sure he was at MetLife today watching it. Like, 
we saw I saw somebody tweet. It was uh, it wasn't a beat writer. It was somebody else, and I apologize because I don't remember who it was. But they tweeted, "This is the worst it's been to watch the Eagles since 2015." We all remember how 2015 ended. He fired Jeffrey Lurie, fired Chip Kelly. Like I defended Doug on Saturday. All those things. I still believe in Doug. I'm not jumping ship after one game. But take our opinions out of it. I do wonder what Jeffrey Lurie is thinking because it's not working. Like. For whoever's fault it is, whether it's because of Carson, whether it's how he's picking bad players, whether it's Doug, like it is not working. They're now 17, 18, and one with Carson, Doug, and Howie since the start of 2018. That is a prolonged stretch where Jeffrey Lurie can look and say, this is not working. So, what do you think Lurie was thinking today? Like, do you think he's starting to entertain the idea? Like, it's week 11 next week. The season is almost over. So, you know, pretty soon he's going to have to make a decision on whether he's bringing Doug back. And I think Doug is definitely the first domino he has to decide on. Like, if Doug doesn't go, I don't think anybody goes. But Doug's the first one. So, just curious, like, watching that, what do you think Lurie was thinking? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I'm sure Lurie's not excited. You know, we all know and have heard so much about how he wants an elite offense. He's all about mm-hmm. offense, offense, offense. How, you know, that's why they made these coaching changes this offseason. They've already shown just by making those coaching changes the way they did and by the many times it feels like they've hung Doug out to dry in press conferences, the Jason Peters situation, among others, yep. like Doug is certainly in the worst standing of this trio of guys here. So I certainly think that he would be the first to go. I think you're 100% right about that. And look, I and- think it's I think if this season kind of craters and continues this way, um, I think... I think there is a chance of that happening. Obviously, look, we've seen teams rally for Doug and, and whatnot before, but they're a bad team, and, and there's problems all around, and this roster is bad. I just think that, you know, look, Wentz isn't going anywhere because of his contract, um, at least at the end of this year, unless there's some sort of trade to be made. So, look, yeah. I, th- it, I mean, this offense, I, I, I was listening to Bill Simmons this week, and normally I get, like, annoyed, and I love Bill Simmons. Everyone knows that, but... Uh, I normally get annoyed when he takes his shots at Philly and he talked about Philly and he's like, they're the football equivalent of a root canal right now. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I was like, I got nothing to say to that. Watching this team, particularly this offense, most weeks, obviously the defense sucked, sucked today and we'll get to it more, but this offense is like a root canal. It's not fun to watch. And ultimately it's on Carson, but that also has to be on Doug too. Yeah. No, I, and that's what I think Larry's going to have to decide. Like, is there reason for optimism with Doug and Carson together? And how he's part of it, but ultimately the on-the-field product is what looks so ugly. And, you know, J.J. Arcega Whiteside, right? Healthy scratch today. So how he, should, how he oh, certainly has, has... So his- embarrassing. How embarrassing is that? Because well, it's a second-round pick last year. I mean, look, the other part of it, and it doesn't get as much attention, but, like, yes, J.J. Arcega Whiteside was a healthy scratch today. Their other second-round pick from this year was on the field for two plays and had one negative one yards in Jalen Hurts. Like, and their third-round like, pick can't get on the field. Yeah, and their yeah. third-round pick can barely get on the field. It's a great point, Elliot. John Bradley barely got on the field. I don't yeah. think John Hightower got a, a target today. Like, it, you know, there was a. I almost texted you this during the game, but like, I'm watching a special team snap, and it's like. You know, oh, there's Davion Taylor, there's Sean Bradley, there's Kayvon Wallace. Like, there's all these guys that they drafted that aren't playing besides on special teams, like, that you never hear of, you know? Like, so it's, yeah, not a good game for Howie, but all right. I think, are we both done ripping Doug or? Yeah, I look, let, let's move on from Doug. We'll get to Carson in a, in a minute, but I think it's it's only right, and especially because, you know, we haven't talked about it nearly as much as here because they haven't been as big a problem, but I think the defense has to get brought up before Carson today because, oh, I mean, Ellie, they were, it was abysmal. And, and coming out of the bye, and, 
if you had come into this game, and again, look, the Giants' defense certainly played well today, and and maybe it's a question coming out of this game. But coming into this game, if you had said, all right, take the Eagles' offense, the Giants' offense, the Eagles' defense, the Giants' offense, which of those four alone is the best, you would say the Eagles' defense was the best of the four. And, Probably, yeah. And they might have been the worst of the four today, Elliot. They were horrible. Like, well, what, did, what did you make of this performance, and how much blame goes on Jim Schwartz? Because, Elliot, let me tell you, Eagles fans want Jim Schwartz gone. You might not know that, according to social media. Yeah. Well, I had a few fans text me, uh, friends, but also fans, text me during the game saying, you know, like, when can they fire Jim Schwartz? So, yes, not a good game from Jim Schwartz. You know, I, I've also defended Jim Schwartz. So this is a, you know, not a great product <laughs> in my taste. But like, but, like, so I always said, like, the classic Jim Schwartz kind of season is, you know, there's two or three games where he gets lit up, but mostly he gives up around 21, 24 points. Like, that's kind of what Jim Schwartz is. And he gave, gave up 27 today. But the other thing that does happen semi-frequently with Jim, with Jim Schwartz is he is outcoached almost immediately. Like, he, it is clear that Jason Garrett outcoached Jim Schwartz oh, this week from Monday oh, to Saturday. Just think right? about like that. Comes, think about that statement. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, he, the, the defense from the jump and – See, like, this part isn't on Doug. Like, the overall sloppy performance is on Doug, but Doug does not coach a defense. Jim Schwartz is the head coach of the defense. And the defense put this team in an immediate hole. Yes, the offense looked ugly on the first drive, and they didn't, you know, they didn't score a touchdown on their first two drives. But when you're behind 14 to 3, like, it immediately changes the whole tenor of the game. It changes the offensive game plan. It changes all those things. So, like, Jim Schwartz was outcoached to begin. And then also in, cla- in classic Jim Schwartz fashion, he like kind of picked it up a little, right? I mean, you give up the two touchdowns, and then after that, the Giants punt, punt, downs. Uh, they score a touchdown, but then punt, punt. So like they did kind of keep it that de- you know they, they kind of pull it together a little. But it's when the it's when they scored, right? Like the the Eagles score to pull some momentum back, and the Giants literally go right down the field. It took two minutes and forty two seconds, six plays, seventy five yards right down the field for a touchdown. And then at the end, uh, I believe it was after an Eagles touchdown, but I could be wrong about this. They give up a field goal as well. So, like, it just felt like whenever the Eagles were able to get some momentum going, I mean, that that one drive, and this isn't specifically on Jim Schwartz. This is more on Howie Roseman. But the one drive, like, Daniel Jones drops back. Boom. First pass, you know, Avante Maddox gets beat. Boom. Second pass. Nikhil Roby Coleman yeah. beat down the field. Like, yep. I mean, you know, there's. I guess you could argue – you know, maybe give these guys some help, but like, that's not really on Schwartz. That's personnel stuff. So the defense, you know, in general, yes, they, it was not good. They were outcoached from the beginning. And then when the Eagles needed stops, they did not get stops for them. Yeah. Uh, it was a, a, a really disappointing performance. Uh, just outplayed, you know, and, and, yeah. and, it, and the giants were not doing super complicated stuff. You know, it was a lot of read option and, you know, I mean, Daniel Jones tearing it up on the ground uh, as he did last time. This time he's he good. All over. He's good. He's Danny. super fast, man. He's way faster than I thought. Look, he was the better. He was the better quarterback today. I think that's there, hard. There's to... a there's a clear difference between watching Daniel Jones, who's like a real threat to run the ball, and Carson Wentz, who's a fake threat to run the ball. Oh, so it's, not even a, it's not. It's not. It's not even a question. I mean, yeah. he is a way, 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 way better running back. I mean, you know. Running with the ball, running, yeah, then exactly, once yeah. it's not even close. It's not even close. He throws I, a nice ball too. He, he, he look, he had, a, he, had a, he had a good game. I, I got nothing bad to say about Daniel Jones after today. He won. He deserved it. They're the best team in the NFCs. That flat out. I don't know what to say about the defense. I, I mean, like, look, Fletcher Cox was awful 
and then gets yep. hurt at a certain point. But where was that dude? Where was that whole defensive line? I mean, just I mean, Brandon Graham made a couple plays early. Derek Burnett made a play early, and then it felt like very just, early the first just, play. Yeah, <laughs> just hibernating and, and just no pressure. The linebackers, you know, they stink. It's hard to blame the personnel there, but. You know, they, they stunk as usual. And the secondary was awful, too, like you pointed out. I mean, again, to, to mention again, but Nickel Roby Coleman, I mean, talk about a horrendous signing. And one that we were like, why are they doing that at the time? They already got strapped. Like, we all yeah, like him. Weird. Like, it was a weird signing. And guess what? It was a, it was a shitty signing, too. That's the bottom line. Um, well, the looked, defensive line – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was well, I was going to say, look, like the defensive line – Again, so when Howie built this team, his plan was basically defensive line will dominate, linebackers won't matter, the secondary will be good enough. When the defensive line doesn't dominate, that's when things get really bad. And I also think, look, and we'll talk about the offensive line next probably, but one thing you'll hear a lot this week is, you know, Carson had no time back there. The offensive line was really bad, and they were. But at the end of the game, I believe, at least this was according to Fox, and that's a bit of subjective stat, but he was hit the same amount of time as Daniel Jones, and he was sacked the same amount of time as Daniel Jones. So, like, you know, I mean, it's hard for me to really kind of say the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you watched the game. He was definitely under duress more. But we'll get was, to the yeah. offensive line in a second. Let's talk Carson because we haven't gotten there. We can both agree the defense was off. Quickly, before we move on to Carson, what's your your Jim Schwartz stance at the moment as, as a longtime Schwartz defender? Yeah. One bad day, or are you starting to have a little bit of doubt? Um. I don't know if I'm starting to have doubt. I don't I well, I'll say I definitely am not starting to have doubt. Jim Jim Schwartz is who he is, right? Like he is overall resume wise one of the better defensive coordinators in the league. And right now, if you wanted to rank him, he's probably top fifteen. Like that's just kind of is who he is. Like there's gonna be ugly performances, then there's gonna be really good ones. And he's also, I think, a defensive coordinator that very much depends on the play of his personnel. Like all defensive coordinators, clearly players have to execute, just like offensive coaches need their players to, right? But Jim Schwartz is Jim Schwartz especially is a guy that really needs a pass rush to get home and really needs plays to be made. Um, really quick, actually, if we move to Carson, the Darius Slay, when he got burnt late, what'd you think of that? I thought that was more just great throw, great catch, the big one to Darius Slayton. Yeah, you- but he was, yeah. I mean, he, I think he, he got beat. I mean, look, he wasn't there. A play was made. You got a, 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 I don't think it was sure. perfect coverage, but it was also a good throw and, and certainly a great catch. Yeah, you, you, pay, you pay him to make that stop. Yeah, he was, he was not quite close enough. Like, there was still a, a bit of space there. Um, all right, on to Wentz. Uh, look, uh, it's, you know, I think you kind of nailed it before. I don't know what more to say other than I really think it was a tough one today in the sense that I don't think he got a lot of help from his coach nor his offensive line, nor really many of the players around him uh, outside of the running game, It you know, for the most part. Um, and But, look, Wentz didn't make the same type of game changing mistakes the no turnovers you know he didn't hold you know he had a few throwaways like it wasn't yep. it just didn't feel like it went to his fault now to your point and i think it's the biggest point ultimately is that he does need to rise above i mean carson wentz can't be we can't be lauding carson wentz just because he didn't turn the ball over exactly but exactly. he needs to be better but ultimately like they could have won the game today with the way carson wentz played if other areas played better you know yeah well Maybe. Kind I, mean, of. I mean, look, I, I mean, if Carson Doug Wentz and the defense special. are better. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. But he wasn't horrible. He just wasn't special. He, was, he wasn't, you know, he just wasn't good. He was fine. He's fine. This is a game where, like, if Nate Sudfeld's under center, you go, you know what? Can't blame Nate for this one. Right? Like, you know, this one's not on Nate Sudfeld. I, yep, but when, I agree. 
I agree. But, but when Carson's under center, like, you can't get outplayed by Daniel Jones. And, and you know, we can argue maybe, maybe Daniel Jones is facing the worst defense. He certainly was today. Although, like you said, coming in, we probably would have said the Eagles defense was slightly better. But ultimately, like, you know, there was a play that Carson made. Really nice throw. It was second and two. It's a sidearm throw. Uh, I believe it was to go. Uh, not yeah, uh, no, it was uh, Greg Ward. It was a great throw. Probably great his best throw. play of the day. Yeah, absolutely. But like, that's the problem. You know, like that can't be your best play. Like that can't be one of your best throws of the season. Like it's a nice throw. Definitely a nice throw. But those are throws that like the guys that we like think Carson is supposed to be in the class of, they make those throws every week and they're not losing these type of games. They're just not right. So like Carson, again, offensive line was not great. I did think there were a few throws that maybe should have been caught. They weren't good throws, but yes, like you would hope your receivers would help out your quarterback on that one. But bottom line is this. Carson didn't throw a touchdown today. I thought he was probably somewhat conservative in trying not to throw interceptions. Um, Daniel Jones, quarterback rating, also didn't throw a touchdown, but he did run for one. His quarterback rating, 100.9. Carson, 72.8. Like, it shouldn't, it, and it is, but, like, it shouldn't even be a conversation, really, between if Carson outplayed Daniel Jones. Like, Carson's supposed to significantly outplay Daniel Jones. If you listen to our preseason pods, although I've always liked him a little, I'm sure we both talked about Daniel Jones. Like, okay, this is a bad quarterback. Maybe the Giants are drafting one in 2021, right? Like, that's probably the general consensus with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones outplayed Carson Wentz, and in some ways outplayed him in the first game too, but Carson stepped up at at the end of it. Like, Carson has to be better, flat out. He has to be better. And Doug needs to help him. The offensive line needs to help him. All those things are true. But, and I'll say this probably in every pod, you pay Carson for games like this. This is the game where the guy that the special quarterback is supposed to win it for you. This is this is the exact game, and he didn't do it. And this week, people will say he's not the reason they lost, and that's true. But it's he's got to start being the reason they win more often than they lose. And 17-18-1 speaks for itself. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't have a lot to disagree with. I, I think today in particular, I, again, thought Doug was about as bad as he's been in, in – any game in in a long time, I thought Doug was awful today, and I the offensive line was bad, and I didn't see guys make plays around him. So I, I think, like I really do think that it's hard to say Carson Wentz was horrible or whatever. But I agree. Look, he has to be better. He has to if you're if he's going to be the the franchise guy, like he has to play better. There there were so, some plays out there to be made that weren't made. A little inside baseball, like we. For the listeners, record this pod as soon as the game ends. So I, I can't be in on Doug's presser. So, you know, sometimes the, his quotes will, will come out. I got some good news for you, James. Got some good news. Doug says there's still a lot of pride left in this locker room. Oh, Guys are mad. Guys are mad. Keep that in mind. They're mad. And also, Doug's also mad they lost this game. So, <laughs> oh, gosh darn it. I'm so, mad about this one, fellers. Underdog season is officially officially underway oh, and now uh, i mean it's just are, it's are the you, same thing every week yeah I, I i mean like all right i'm gonna ask you a question later that's a tease at the end of the pod it's gonna be the okay, last I'm thing excited. I ask you. and it's related to the conversation we were just having and the fight left in this team and all that but a few more things i'm gonna get so we agree look i think we agree on carson you know he has to be better he's not the the single reason they lost today but i think i think your phrase is a really good one for it he wasn't the reason they lost but he needs to be the reason they win i think yeah it's a good phrase. You know, he, again, there are a lot of things working against him, but I think that's a really succinct, good way to put it. Uh, offensive line. You mentioned it before. I want to get to it. Uh, for those who don't know, like, kind of what happened, it looked like, what, Nate Herbig hurt his finger? In, in hurt like, his hand, yeah. Was it in warm-ups, the pregame warm-ups? How did that happen? Because that was, like, a late-breaking well, thing. Not, 
I think he started the game, if I'm not mistaken. He so was out was there. That, okay, so it, but it yeah. was very quick then in the game. Okay, and yes, then, very quick, yeah. And then uh, Opeta ends up playing, so Samalo obviously not back either. Uh, that was a big detriment. Well, Opeta started, which was surprising. Yeah, which was surprising. I, well, we all thought Samalo, Samalo was not – he was active, right? No, no. So Samalo was, was – he was not activated Okay, yesterday. he was – okay, so he, he was play, not. I thought, okay. I thought Matt Pryor was going to start. And yes. Falling the offensive line is just absolutely impossible this year with all the injuries and the roster moves and all that stuff. But, like, so Samalo wasn't in there. I thought it was going to be Matt Pryor. I was surprised it was Opeta. But once Matt Pryor went in there, I completely understood the decision. Like, Matt Pryor was awful. I don't know if he, – he looks heavier to me than he did last year. I, I don't know. He looks like Nate Herbig big to me. Like, I knew he was always a big guy, but he, to me at least, always looked a little more lean. Now he just looks heavy, and he looks slow. Like, there was one play where it was a complete jailbreak on Carson, but you could see that Matt Pryor was beat. It looked like on the two-point conversion that was potentially Matt Pryor's fault. Uh, I didn't get a chance to rewatch that play, but I know he was standing over Carson as he was sacked, which is normally a pretty good indication he didn't do a great job. But – um, I actually think when we talk about Carson today, I think the offensive line had way more to do with him than Doug's play calling. Like the offensive line, especially early on, and this is kind of a common theme for this game where if you just, if you're so bad early on, it just kills the whole vibe of the game. Like the defense was so bad early on, it just killed things. The offensive line somewhat improved throughout, but like early on, they were just so bad. And Jason Kelsey, man, like. What was that, those, man? What you know, happened? Center, Pro Bowl, everything, but like. Three snaps today that were were bad. And I think it was one, more than that. It might have been like five. It might the have hurts well, I one. Think. I felt like it was three with Wentz and the Hurts one at least. Maybe yeah, you're right. So that that was not good. I mean, Kelsey also had a really nice block on the Boston Scott touchdown. So like, it wasn't a complete negative from him. But yeah, I mean, the offensive line was really bad. And when you have really bad offensive line, it's it's hard to get anything going. I mean, you know, it's not exactly you know amazing analysis but rocket like it's just, science you know, yeah yeah i mean when the offensive line's really bad like doug's gonna well, look like it's, a bad head coach and carson's gonna look like a bad quarterback so yeah you know i'm a, I'm a big cliches or cliches for a reason and and you win in the trenches is a cliche for a reason like it's just the truth like if you if you don't if you're not good on the offensive defensive line it's gonna be hard to win did you think they did a good job run blocking or was that yeah, just more I like I thought I, it seemed like it. You know, there were holes it felt like. I thought they did at least a solid enough or at least the scheme with the run was working well. And look, Miles Sanders was really good. I mean, uh, again, that's my biggest gripe. Not even, I mean, and Scott too, he only had three carries after that, you know, monster one. Um, it yeah. just felt like give them the ball a little bit more. Those two guys were really making it work, especially Sanders looked great, man. He looked really good. He found holes. He found he really quick. spots. He, he had some acceleration. Quick, great vision. Made a couple things out of nothing at times. So still no screen passes, which was weird, you know, or not a lot of screen passes. Um, no, certainly no success on screen passes. I definitely think, you know, Carson, Doug could have gotten Carson out of the pocket more. That's a consistent theme that we come back to. But, um, yeah, I just – the offensive – it's a great point. I think, like, you're, you're right in the sense that the offensive line being as bad as they were made it hard to, to have any yeah. sort of real rhythm offensively. I mean, Matt Pryor's just not an NFL player. It's as simple as that. Like, he's like Jamon Brown-esque. Which yeah, is, he was uh, really bad. Which is uh, quite a shot. Uh, Fulgham, what, what do you think happened today? Had that one catch early on and just for someone who's been so legit, and I don't know if it was um, – you know, he didn't seem to have a lot of targets, wasn't involved in a lot of plays. I don't know if it was – that the Giants just shut him down, obviously not being there. It's hard to see what's happening on the field. But 
What did you make of Fulgham's kind of lack of action, so to speak? Yeah, so five targets, which was the same amount as Richard Rodgers. And Richard Rodgers, to his credit, has actually played played pretty well. A couple of nice plays, yeah. Yeah, you can't have Fulgham getting the same amount of Richard Ro- as targets as Richard Rodgers. Like, Fulgham is not, you know, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins yet, but he has been really good the last few weeks. Like, you have to get him the ball. Like, you have to. So you have to figure out ways to make that. I'm surprised Carson didn't throw it to him more. Carson seems to like throwing it his way. Maybe, you know, I will say, like, James Bradbury is very good, and the Giants secondary has been very good at shutting down opposing number one receivers. So that that could be part of it. Um, and I have nothing to back this up. I didn't see the snap counts yet, but I just don't believe it's a coincidence that the first game Alshon Jeffrey comes back, Travis Fulcom has his worst game. Like, I just don't. They're similar type players. I don't know if maybe I'll be, you know, I'll be interested once I rewatch the game to see what instances uh, Fulgham wasn't out there when Alshon was, if that even happened. It's hard to track that live. But, like, I just personally believe Alshon coming back impacted Fulgham. It's certainly possible. And, look, certainly didn't get anything from Alshon and that target early on and just – Kind of invisible as expected. Did not have a catch on the day, I believe. Um, Rager, yeah, Rager, a couple of plays. You know, was targeted a lot. Was involved. It felt like, but you know, Dallas Goddard, just those kind of short curl routes. Uh, Greg Ward's plays. They just couldn't get anything going offensively. It just wasn't able to to move the ball with any consistency. Yeah, um, you, you, you mentioned the uh, screenplays to Miles Sanders. I, I just think like him and Carson can't get on the same page this year. I don't know what it is. But maybe it's because he missed the majority of training camp and they didn't have the offseason. But like last year, they were a really dynamic duo together in the passing game. This year, like I said, the play today where, you know, yes, Miles Sanders should have caught it. But like, you know, he throws it low at Miles Sanders t- towards like his shins right area. And then, you know, you I think it was that nah, wasn't Detroit. But what was it? Was it uh, Baltimore where he dropped that touchdown? Like, there, there's been moments where there's been plays to be made there, and they just haven't connected. It just isn't working for them to this year. I don't know what it is, but it's it just really isn't weird. Working. No, I'm with you, and he was so good at that last year. It really is strange. Uh, I mean, Richard Rodgers, their leading receiver with 60 yards today. I mean, that's... It's pathetic. Yeah, it really is, Elliot. It really is. And again, I, I do think, you know, from a play-calling perspective, that they're, they're not running it as much as they could have. Uh, that's probably my biggest gripe. But, um, you know, just, uh, again, I, I think... It, Really just such an embarrassing performance. I have a question for you, but are there any other, you know, players or, or parts of the game that you kind of want to get into? I don't really have anything else on my list. I mean, I have some big, big picture thoughts, but I'm thinking in terms of individual stuff. Um, not really. I mean, I guess yeah. Reger was okay. I didn't That's like what, the yeah. ball on fourth down to throw with Bradbury on him. I didn't like that call. I don't know if Reger's there yet to, to do that. I don't know if he's – I mean, if, yeah, if you have Justin Jefferson, maybe you throw that, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um so let me ask my question, then maybe it'll lead into your big picture thought because it is a big picture question. Talking about how they're sure. underdogs and ready to rally. Let's go. Um, did today change your feeling about what you think is best for this Eagles team in terms of making the playoffs versus not making the playoffs and having a high draft pick? I mean, I can't lie. Like, of course it did. Like, just watching the team, right? Like, not rash, like, not thinking big picture, not like taking time to really consider it. Like, when you watch the team, you're like, yeah, this team is really bad. Like, like they need to, they need a top ten pick, and they need to hit on it. Like, they need an influence, uh, influx of talent. Like, they are not a talented team. I think that's one thing we're wrong about. Like, you know, 
we I think one thing people probably say is, yeah, you know, the Giants uh, are they beat them, but like the Eagles are the more talented team. I don't think the Eagles are the more talented team. Like I think the Giants are the more talented team than the Eagles are. But to to think like yes, I still think Carson Wentz getting playoff experience is important. I can still see that rationale. But I can't, like I said, I can't lie. Like they, they, they are terrible. Like they are a really bad team. So like, they're probably not going to win a playoff game. But they, they're just really bad. So I, you know, I'm not going to like come down definitively on it. But I'll say that I'm certainly leaning off the idea that the playoffs is better for this team. Yeah, I'm going to say they can still change my mind, but I'm, I'm on to Jamar Chase. You know. Uh, they they can well, certainly. They need a lot more than Jamar Chase. Uh, like, they know. get a top ten pick. This will be yeah. a debate for another pod. But yeah, yeah, we could get into it. I mean, they need so much. I know they just need young an influx of young cheap talent, which we've talked about for a while. Um, but yeah, just in terms of like, I don't know. It feels like folly to try and make the playoffs with this team. It just feels silly. It feels like what? Well, what are we doing here? What's the point? I mean, anything's this? possible. What is this, what is this and, Elliot? What are we doing? Yeah, look. Look, like, okay, so I don't think the Eagles are going to lose five games in a row, but let's be honest. I mean, they'll be, they let's put it this well way. Let's put this way. They will be underdogs in the next five games. Yes. For sure. Barring them winning the first four. I mean, if they, if they right, somehow. Yeah, go, you never know. Yeah, you never but, know. But, like, most likely they will be, un, or like, or one of uh, the team's quarterbacks gets knocked out for it or whatever. Stuff can change. Even then, like, I don't know if that would do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But the point is, they will very likely be underdogs in the next five games, you know? Uh, and that's what made this game so important. You know, it was such an important. And that's why it was, again, it's so, so extra frustrating that they came out so soft, so sloppy, so unfocused, so uh, unmotivated. You know, it was that, that, that is yeah. such a disappointment. I mean, they're still in first place. Oh, God. Just saying. I mean, like, it's crazy. But, like, so better chance of happening over the next five weeks completely falls apart they lose all five like that, all that stuff that that all right that, there go. i can't yeah. even i can't even, honestly i can't even think of an equivalent answer yeah like I, I was, I was they win say, one of five they... i was gonna say they go three and two but that just feels so unrelistic oh that my god dude I, they, I, I, I honestly and let's put it this way i legitimately honestly think it's more likely they lose every single game the rest this season than go three and two over the next five yeah i mean i I mean, the Cowboys are pretty bad, but like, so, yeah. yeah. And so is Washington, even though they fought yeah. back oh, against Washington, Lions today. Yeah. They lost, yeah. but they fought back. But yeah, so, but again, like, you know, I I would I would bet on that more than I would bet on them, you know, making any sort it, of. It'll be interesting to interesting see if they run. quit. It, it will be. It will be, yeah. certainly would look, because now I do think that, you know, and look, again, they're in first place. So it's, so this season is so messed up and it's so weird to talk about and so hard to talk about and all that stuff, but. Let's assume it, whether fall apart is the phrase or whatever, let's assume that the Giants with an easier schedule and a better football team find a way to win a couple more than the Eagles do over their end and they don't make the playoffs and whatever. Like, if we're heading down that trajectory and we're seeing it happen, like, it's going to be Doug we're talking about. It's going to be Carson. It's going to be the future. And, and you know, those are going to be conversations that are, are naturally going to happen and, mm-hmm. and, and are happening, but it's hard to do them now when they're in first place, even as much of a sham as it feels like, you know? It's really do, do a you weird think, dichotomy. Do you think we'll enter a zone of Jalen Hurts going in even if Carson's not playing that bad? Like, I thought today Carson played a little bit not to be benched, but I, I do wonder if, you know, like if they're losing 21 to 3 to the Packers. Like, I, I just wonder if they if they will put Jalen Hurts in or if it's just too risky. 
You know, like I, I would be yeah. curious to see if that happens. I think it really is is all dependent upon situation and all that. But like, I think look it, again, it comes down to, and this is a question that we can't answer. You know, did they take Jalen Hurts really because they wanted a great backup who they could flip into an asset or whatever, or did they take Jalen Hurts because they truly believe in him and don't believe in Carson Wentz and you know we're just hoping Carson could put it together, but weren't sure of it and Hurts is their backup plan. The the answer to that question. I think leads to the answer to your question, you know, cause, yeah. cause yep. you know, that's they, what they already know if they're going to do it. In exactly. My and also look, yeah. if the season is over, if they're, if they, if it falls apart, it's like, well, if Hertz is the future and you don't believe in Carson, then regardless of what his contract is, you've got to get Hertz some reps there and, and vice versa, you know? So I don't know. It's going to be yeah. uh it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> fascinating about yeah. a three five and one team yeah. it, it's wild next week is week 11 i'll say that like it feels like there's a lot more season left but we could realistically only have like you know five more relevant eagles games i mean it's if things like really go back man it is cruising along it, and it hurts the eagles that they don't play the giants again like from the perspective of of catching them like remember last year they had the cowboys so they were able you know that, that like decided it, and we were thinking, well, that you have Washington Week 17, and they split with the Giants. But like the fact that you don't get them again, like you, even though you're in first place, it still feels a little bit like it's out of your control because you're you're assuming that you lose, you know, I don't know, at least four of the next five, if not all five. And the Giants schedule, I, I, should I look it up really quick? Should we get a really quick I've one? I've already that we'll got get... it. I've already got it up. Oh, perfect. I'm, right. liter- I was literally, I was literally pulling it up as we talked. Great so, minds all right. delay. Exactly. All right. So the Giants schedule. We all know how tough the Eagles schedule is. Giants schedule goes uh, at Cincinnati. So a very winnable game for them. The way they're playing right now. Really quick take. Really quick take. The mm-hmm. fact that they get the Bengals next is also bad for the Eagles because presumably they can win that game and then they they have legit momentum at that. Yeah, like so it's not as good as we thought. Like, um, so they have at Cincinnati, at Seattle, loss, versus loss. versus Arizona, versus Cleveland, at Baltimore, versus Dallas. So it's actually pretty tough, tougher than I thought. So at well, so- Dallas, at or sorry, versus Dallas and at Cincinnati are their only two, you know, likely wins. And then right. at Seattle's a likely loss. Home versus Arizona is probably a likely loss. Home versus Cleveland maybe could go other, any any way depending on how they're playing at the time. And at Baltimore is a likely loss. So yeah, you know, they've at least got a couple more wins. You know, two three wins on the schedule potentially. If they can somehow remain competitive, I actually think Arizona and Baltimore or Arizona and Cleveland at home. Yeah, are winnable, winnable games. Very for winnable sure games. So yeah, for sure. I think the Giants are going to get to six wins. The question is if the Eagles can get there. Oh, God. What a good time, Elliot. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Such a fun team to talk about. You got anything else? Um, I'm making chili tonight. Well, I should clarify that. Kristen is making chili, yeah. and I'm very excited. Yeah. That's a, that's I'm not a chili it, it guy, feel... but it's all so good when I eat yeah, it. Yeah, and it feels like a chili night, my friend. Yes, like, it does. Just... Oh. Can, can I ask, down and eat some put, chili. Uh, do you eat rice with your chili? What's your move on there? Uh, I don't, but I I'm I don't hate on it. Like if someone gives me chili on top of rice, I will happily eat rice. I love rice. Period. I like rice in any I situation. Yeah. Big rice guy. I'm big a big rice guy. I'll make cheesy rice all the time. Just yeah. melt a bunch of cheese on rice. Sure, and... any kind of rice. Yeah, I could use rice. a bowl of cheesy rice tonight. But, you know, I'm having I'm having chili, so it's kind of a similar thing. But there you go. Well. 
At least I picked them to lose. There's that one. Benefit. Yeah, I was very happy that I uh, took the Giants in our pick em thing on the spread, even though I picked them to win. So at least uh, at least I got that, Elliot. At least I got yeah. that. It's a big well, win for me. Cleveland next week should be fun. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. This team, that I think that's the biggest team, is this team is just not fun to watch. So. Do, you think by, do you think by the end of the week you'll convince yourself into picking them to beat the Browns or no? No. In fact, I will make my declaration now. I am taking the Browns. I don't care what happens between now and then. I'm picking the Browns. Elliot, you can, I can't change it. Like, this is a All binding right, contract. I will give you a score later in the week, but I'm picking the Browns to win. It's done. All right. I think, all right, I'm look, like, for everyone out there, James, a happy James is a better James. And I just, <laughs> I hope by the end of the week, you're like, you know what? I'm going to pick the Browns. I'm but... feeling it, Elliot. I'm feeling yeah, it. Like, it could be close. I mean, they only scored 10 points versus Houston. Remember so... how we felt going into the Niners game? We thought they had no chance, and all of a sudden they won exactly. it, Elliot. Exactly. So, <laughs> well, oh, buddy. All week. right. Enjoy the chili for all of us. And uh, we, you know, wh- whatever happens, we'll be here. We'll be here later in the week, of course. Of course. And uh, Saturday, WIP, all that good stuff. As we head into th- Elliot, Thanksgiving's next week. It's crazy. Yeah, it is wild. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. All right. Uh, we'll be back later in the week. Check out the feed. Odd oh, stuff for Elliot and James. We'll talk to you guys later.